Radical, episode 186. Welcome to Radical, ladies and gents. I'm your host, Shane Hazel. Thank you guys for being with me. Um, got a good for- show for you guys tonight. Um, I am, man, I, I, I'm pretty pissed off in this world uh, right now. And uh, I, I hope it uh, it is channeled correctly and it comes out um, in in this episode the, the right way. Like, it, the, the, we're in some weird, weird times. Um and I'll tell you, you know, let, let, let's let's just be real. I think most people, if we're being very serious, um, I was talking to my wife about this the other day. I think most people are stressed out. I think people are absolutely um, tired. They're 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 tired of the 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 bullshit, the 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 psychological operations that have been running in the background for two years now. I mean, and you know, just on COVID alone, I, I think we've gotten to the point where, um, you know, even some of the I don't know most well-to-do people that you know, and, and just everywhere, like I think people are done. I think people are maxed out. So if you're one of them, I want you to know you're not alone. I want you to understand, like we're we're pushing, we're, we're trying to make things happen. I think most people in this day and age, uh, are doing the same. And I want to, I mean, I want to tell you, like you guys have been through this past two years. I think some of the most, um, I don't know, compelling yet, uh, you know, compellingly dishonest, uh, you know, psychological operations, that I think I've ever seen used at scale like this ever. Like, I mean, this is something new. This is something, um, you know, from all walks of life, whether it's, you know, advertisements, whether it's TV, whether it is the um, social media, it's like everywhere you turn, not to mention like when you're just out in your, in your daily lives and you see, um, you know, your fellow human beings walking around in mask and, you know, looking at each other strangely or, or whatever the case is that, you know, is a departure from, you know, life before 2020. And th- that to me is, you know, it, it's still, you know, like that has a psychological effect on you. Um, I'd be remiss and, and really, um, you know, missing something. If I didn't mention kids in all of this over the last two years, I think the people that have probably paid the most dear price in this entire world are children. I think children have uh, have been unfairly, like most times in warfare, especially in psychological operations, I think they have been neglected. And I think the neglect of children and the not only the, the neglect, just the the willfulness to overlook what these types of things do to kids from the schools that they attend to what their parents go through and the, the stress that, you know, puts on those children because their parents are stressed out. Like I, I, I feel for you guys and, and, Boy, I'm going down a route that I didn't think I was going to go down opening the show up. Um, I think in this time and age, I think you got to pause. Like, you know, I've found myself, especially in the last two years, um, instead of getting upset, you know, and, and really kind of, uh, you know, dialing it up with, you know, 
kids or family or anything like that. It was taking a step back and letting them know, you know, I mean, in, in personal stories, you know, like for me, like letting them know times are tough. Times are um, very trying in that, you know, in, in our private life and everything else um, outside of the, you know, like I, I love this kind of stuff. Don't get me wrong. Like I can do, I can do the politics. I can take the name calling. I can, I can do all this stuff all day long. The, the stuff that you guys don't see that I'm going to clue you in here probably pretty soon on um, is stuff that I think everybody goes through. And when you're stressed out, um, you know, when you're, you know, not sure of what tomorrow is going to bring in, in your life, where you're going to get a paycheck from, things of that nature, I think you tend to be, you know, short with people. I think you tend to, you know, maybe carry in the back of your subconscious somewhere uh, this unsteadiness. And I think that it is kind of rampant through the world right now, um, especially here in the United States. And to be able to divorce yourself from the right here and the right now, you know, whether it's, you know, something that your kid does that, that makes you angry, um, doesn't do, breaks, you name it. That ability to to step back and and you know tell them you love them and de-escalate the situation and explain to them, hey man, you know like I wish you wouldn't do some of these things. Like I'm having a hard enough time in this world as it is, man. And the last thing I want to do is be upset with you guys. You know whether it's wife or kid or in laws or family or neighbors or just people you have normal everyday life with. Um, I think it's important, probably the most important is the people that you're close to. A lot of times we take them for granted. Um, and we, you know, as you grow older and you grow more wise and you've had, you know, more of these situations, maybe it's easier to talk about these things because I think you have to cross uh, some proverbial Rubicons to get to that point. Right. And when you get to that point, um, I, I'm going to tell you, you know, what I have found extremely effective in my own life is the calm. Um, you know, there is a storm, you know, behind the eyes somewhere, but that calm, that effort, that pause to come to a, a place where you can speak from, you know, love to those other people, you know, and to, to de-escalate situations to turn them around before they get bad or after they are bad, you know, like that, this is, this is a real, real skill set in 2022 uh, and, and going forward that I hope you guys will try to, to work on, try to adopt, try to spread uh, to other people because God knows, you know, we need it, especially, you know, with the people we're with all the time, whether it's at work, at home, you name it. <clears throat> That, that those are the people that matter the most. And when we get too comfortable, sometimes we feel like we can say things that maybe uh, you wouldn't say to other people. And obviously that can be extremely dangerous in, in, in terms of, uh, you know, how you're how you're valuing the people that you should value the most. Uh, people get, you know, too, too complacent, too loose with their words sometimes, instead of taking that extra caution that those people that are close to you deserve. And I just say, you know, just some, um, 
some life lessons from Shane here uh, that maybe give people a little extra room, a little extra love, and, you know, kind of kind of start from those positions, especially during this high stress time where things are unsure uh, at the very best of what the future holds. And, you know, I would also be remiss if I didn't say something about you're going to be okay. Like we're going to be all right. Um, I, I know that sometimes in moments in days, um, you get to that point where you're just like, damn it, damn it, damn it, damn it. Um, and you're, you're kind of focused on the right there, the right now, what am I going to do? How am I going to provide all those kind of things? It's okay not to know. It's okay to have questions. What I would suggest, though, is instead of worrying about those things, instead of dreading, you know, the changes that are coming our way, because change is coming our way. You can't, you can't ever stop change. And the change that's coming our way now is something that we can do something great with. Instead of instead of dreading and dwelling and and worrying, um, one of the best things that you can do is tell yourself, "I'm going to get through this, and we're going to be okay. I'm going to be okay." And when you do this, you reinforce, you know, a positive mental attitude. PMA, what we used to call it, positive mental attitude. If you can create and push positive mental attitude and ideas and thoughts into your life during these very, very stressful times, very unsure times, you're going to be your biggest asset. Vice versa, if you can't do that and you go down the other path, you're going to be your biggest problem too. So it's, it's there for you to choose. I don't recommend walking in the middle. And I know sometimes, you know, you're on a continuum and you get sucked, uh, you know, over to the, the pessimistic side from the optimistic side. Try to focus on the optimistic side of your life and try to push as hard as you can in that aspect. It takes thought. It takes repetition. Um, but I guarantee you, uh, you got it in you. You definitely have it in you. So, um, do that. And I guarantee you, we will all do much better together with the people that we love, uh, with our positive mental attitude. So, um, on positive notes, first and foremost, um, I, I've got, uh, I've got a couple of topics here for you guys today. We're going to talk a little bit about the, uh, the UK and some other places dropping the mandates. And we are going to talk about the Biden Harris first year just a little bit if we've got some time because you know why not i mean you know they're they've uh they've had their year of uh you know really just i don't know kicking everybody in the nuts and uh i feel like right now uh it's time for us to kick back a little but uh, without further ado, let's get into today's program. But first and foremost, if you want to support the show, you can go to patreon.com slash radical pod and support us there. Uh, you can leave five star reviews on Apple. If you need something uh, or need to bring something to my attention, you can email me at Shane at radical And you can help me self fund on that website by becoming a patron. Uh, there are little uh, links everywhere, but again, patreon.com slash radical pod and um that's going to help me self-fund this run for governor. Anyway, 
Ladies and gents, uh, the first thing that I want to bring to everybody's attention, if you haven't been, if you don't watch the news like me, um, the only time I'm, I'm paying attention to news is, you know, we'll see what's trending out there because I think most of what trends in places like Twitter um, are what are on, you know, real people's mind, um, especially this group of people. And the, I guess, Boris over in, in the UK uh, came out with a bunch of his uh, comrades, countrymen, in the parliament, and he issued um, some statements talking about getting rid of the mandates. Let's have a, a little bit of a listen, and we'll we'll stop it um, at a couple points and talk about it. We can return to Plan A in England and allow Plan B regulations to expire. As a result, from the start of Thursday next week, mandatory certification will end. Organizations can, of course, choose to use the NHS COVID pass voluntarily, but we will end the compulsory use of COVID status certification in England. From now on, the government is no longer asking people to work from home. And people should now speak to their employers about arrangements for returning to the office. And having looked at the data carefully, the cabinet concluded that once regulations lapse, the government will no longer mandate the wearing of face masks anywhere. All right, I'm going to stop here. A couple things. This is not happening because they're deciding so. This is happening because of the outrageous and amazing pressure that the, the good Brits are putting on their government. They're pissed. They're done. They're tired. This has gone far enough. And the politicians, I think, over there are getting pretty worried about what's coming their way if they don't make some changes uh you hear in the background like even these people are not into wearing masks they're not uh are they doing it like a bunch of fucking lemmings of course they are that's what i think i think you, you take away the mysticism of who is in government. I'm going to tell you right now from firsthand experience, like I've talked to a lot of these guys. There are a few guys that I think are super smart. And then the guys, especially the ones that I've run against that have run away, tucked tail, uh, couldn't do debates, couldn't have discussions, sit down in a long form format. They're dumb as fuck. I mean, stupid, stupid, stupid people. And they're yes men. They they take money so that they can go in. They can take votes on things they have no idea about that they have never run. And I, I, you know, because they wear suits and ties and they, you know, kind of put themselves together. I think people tend to hold them up because of the the theater that's been placed around them by places like Hollywood, which we'll get into here in a little bit, um, and the media because they have great or had at one point, large followings, large viewerships. And, oh, man, you made the TV. You must be somebody special. They're not. These people, outside of taking bribes, taking money, being thieves and murderers, using force and coercion, and being on fucking television, are awful fucking people. Not smart, pedos, pushers, things like that. You know what I mean? Like pushing, pushing mandates, pushing drugs, pushing laws without any crime whatsoever. And then he has, you know, Boris here talks about something like saying, like, we've looked at the data. We've looked at it. 
we've been looking at data for two plus years. A lot of us have been so, so vocal about this. And a lot of us have been warned, have been deplatformed, have had um, our, our audiences completely uh, eviscerated. We've had our, you know, our, our livelihoods turned upside down. We've been driven from our careers. We've been driven from our jobs. We've been driven from the businesses that we've started. We've been, we, we've been put on shaky ground because of these dumb motherfuckers. Do you think for a second, I mean, seriously, just think if we had a room that was full of great Austrian economists, like over at the Mises Institute, you think if you had a room full of great Austrian economists that we would be in situations like this? No. And let me tell you why. Because people who are in the Austrian economic world, they don't want to tell you what to do. They're not like the Paul Krugmans. They're not um, like the Fed chairs. They're not like these punks that hang out on TV that talk about transitory inflation. They actually understand economics. And Along with that, they understand freedom. Like you would, in this day and age, the idea that you could have a ton of people who understand Austrian economics deeply in a government, let's just, you know, because government's legit and everything, right? Let's just say you would be more free than I think most people can even handle. Maybe that's the problem. Maybe most people are afraid of freedom. But I want you to imagine a room full of Austrian economists who are all about saving, putting away, delayed gratification, which breeds a culture of savers, of people who are not going out and taking a whole bunch of unnecessary risk with life or liberty, or property, or other people's life, liberty, and property for that matter, that don't want to force and coerce you into what they want to do, but they understand that you are the best arbiter of your resources, of your life, of your liberty, of your rights. Can you, can you wrap your head around the gigantic difference that that is? I don't think most people even have a Blue. These people don't understand economics. There is, and that's the thing is trying to make sense of Keynesian type of economics is madness. It is absolute madness because it was dreamt up by a man who, first and foremost, John Maynard Keynes, who was a pedophile who lived off of his rich family and never had a fucking job that thought, you could improve your life through spending. Does that make sense? How do you improve your life through spending and not saving? How do you spend your way into wealth? You don't. You don't spend your way into wealth. You, you can't, you won't, you never, ever, ever will. Not being in debt, first and foremost, is the way to great wealth. 
is the way to being as free as you can in a Keynesian system. When you look around at who's doing well, it's not the guys that are always driving flashy cars or living in fancy houses or anything like that. It's people who have saved, gotten out of debt and don't have to worry about, uh, you know, a bill if it pops up. That's not who these people are. These people run in the red 24 7, 365 days a year and 366 on fucking leap year. Like these guys think that they're going to continue to spend into oblivion, which creates deficits, which creates debt to the point where in America, obviously, we're at $30 trillion and growing without any end in sight, except that it's caught up to him because this system being so bad, this Keynesian system being so bad, it has driven some extremely, extremely smart people to create things like Bitcoin an immutable. It is an immutable currency that is saleable across time and space and is scalable. That is absolutely untouchable. That's what, that's how bad this whole system is. And it's what they've created. But Boris, let me get back to this video here in a second. But this room of morons is the same room of morons that we have in Congress, in, in every state house for the most part, at the federal level for sure. And the people that cheer these fucking idiots on, it is absolutely astounding to me that people still think, both Democrats and Republicans, and welcome if you're new here, I say it every time, if you're recovering from one of those parties, you're welcome here because this is the place where you're going to get it straight. The fact that people think that they're going to continue either Democrat or Republican doesn't matter. You're going to get the same thing. You're going to get more debt. You're going to get more spending. You're going to get more deficits. You're going to get your children and children, their children's uh, children enslaved to debt through taxes because these guys have leveraged tomorrow and the tomorrow after that and the tomorrow after that on how they are living life irresponsibly today by running deficits. They're making tomorrow pay for today. It is one of the most fucking criminal organizations the earth has ever seen. And most of them, quote unquote, deal with good intentions. The road to hell paid with good intentions. This is it. Now, Boris is talking about how they've studied the data. Well, do they release the data that they've studied to the anybody else, to the press? Hey, this is what we're looking at. No, this raises more questions. Like, how old is the data you're looking at? Where did you get the data you're looking at? Who procured the data you're looking at? Why all of a sudden, after two years in banning people left and right, for talking about the efficacy of fucking mask not working, of vaccines not working is now the time. I've, I'm going to tell you right now. 
it's because it's falling apart. Mr. Speaker. Mr. Speaker, from, from tomorrow, from tomorrow we will no longer require face masks in classrooms and the Department, and the Department for Education will shortly remove national guidance uh, on their use in communal areas. In the country at large, we will continue to suggest the use of face coverings in enclosed or crowded spaces, particularly when you come into contact with people you don't normally meet, but we will trust the judgment. Of Let's talk about just body language in general. When humans meet, right, we were supposed to see body language. We were supposed to see facial expression. This is one of those things that help us gauge who we're dealing with on a daily basis. The idea of covering that up, man, uh, for, you know, for a bullshit sickness. And I'm going to say it like it's bullshit. If you took the time over the last two years to get yourself into some pretty good shape so that you're not obese and you're not, um, you know, I guess at risk for something because of com comorbidity, you understand. Um, those people that didn't, that decided, you know what, I'll take a vax and everything will be okay. You know, well, that, I think that's probably a bigger gamble. Um, but the idea that they're going to suggest to people you continue to wear masks with people that you don't know. Like, oh God, it just max of the inhumaneness of this entire global, you know, regime. This, I don't know, this rot that is in our world that's infected our fucking lives. Like, these people are not human beings, for God's sakes. They don't see this. And it's because they are blinded. And I mean, absolutely blinded with power. We should be seeing each other. We should be seeing each other's faces, our our mouths and our our smiles and our cheeks, or or the lack thereof, so we know who we're dealing with. The British people. Anyone who chooses not to wear one. The government will also ease restrictions further on visits. To the fact that you criminalize, I'm going to say it, the fact that you criminalized peaceful people who didn't want to put a mask over their face that didn't work. I mean, do you see the full fucking admission that's on display here? The, the gaff after gaff after gaff. You criminalized people who didn't want to wear a mask that didn't fucking work by your own goddamn admission. Oh, man. I get to the point where I'm just like, every one of these fuckers should hang. Every one of them. Just line them up, build, build the gallows, and let's get going. Every one of them as a sign to anybody that would ever do this in generations to come. This is how dense and drunk on power they are. You don't, if you're out there in your government and you listen to this and you're creating criminals out of peaceful people, you got another thing coming because not everybody's as, 
as level-headed as I am. I don't think this state should ever have the power to take life. I don't. It's too big. It's too powerful. And when it wants to take life, it's too easy for it to justify with its legislation, with its executives, and with its judicials, and with its bureaucracy, and with its propaganda. Let's face it, in America, they put $7 trillion into doing this over the last year. 40% of all the dollars in circulation were printed last year. That's too much power to give to organizations that can take life, that can criminalize peaceful people. And I'm not talking about just criminalize, like criminalize, abduct, harass, cage, and kill if they resist hard enough. To care homes, and my right honourable friend, the Secretary of State for Health and Social Care, will set out plans in the coming days. Mr. Speaker, as we return to Plan A, the House will know that some measures still remain, including those on self-isolation. Yeah, if you're sick, don't go out and get your other people sick. And by the way, for the one fucking idiot in the Georgia Libertarian Party that may have had COVID and came down to the convention, you're an idiot. For the person who blew it up, and social media, instead of having an offline conversation, I'll tell you right now, you, you're, you're not any better. And I'm, I'm going to pause here for this. There's a, there's a little bit of a dust up inside of Georgia Liberty politics. And I don't usually, I don't usually talk about this kind of stuff because I hate it, but I'm gonna tell you right now, you know who you are. And if you're watching and you know who I'm talking about, you're, please go ahead and send this to him. You fucked up so big. You destroyed any allies you ever had. You took your second chance and blew it off like it wasn't a big deal. You're fucking done. Absolutely done. (laughs) Good luck with whatever you're going to do next. I mean, seriously insanity but this this all raises a lot of questions there was an article um that i i brought up i didn't know if i was going to read this whole thing or not with time well we're at 30 minutes i think we can get through some of it um this is from the washington examiner uh this is uh, a, a piece by a guy named uh, timothy carney he's a senior columnist over there written january 20th uh the title of it is starbucks the uk chechnya and the Israeli health experts now regret their vaccine mandates and passports. While Washington, D.C. has just launched its COVID-19 vaccine passports for restaurants and other venues, the Biden administration fights to force private employers to mandate vaccines. The early adopters of the vaccine programs are running away from the mandates. Starbucks announced in January it would fire all unvaccinated employees or force them to pay for weekly testing, prompting cheers of the left. But on Thursday, the painfully woke coffee chain 
backed down. Notably, the company cited last week's Supreme Court ruling that Biden Biden could not force companies to require vaccines. The court, in effect, ruled it was up to Starbucks to decide whether to require vaccination. Once Starbucks knew it had a choice, it dropped the mandate like a hot rock. On a larger scale, the United Kingdom is doing the same thing Boris Johnson is nixing the vaccine passport in the UK, citing the country's clearing of the Omicron surge in cases and the unvaccinated are now free to go to concerts, bars, or wherever they like. New York City is cleverly over the hump. Oh, I said clever. Clearly over the hump. With the seven-day average already below 50% from its peak, yet the city still forces all restaurants to make you show your health papers at the door. The same is true of Washington, D.C. My own county, Montgomery County in Maryland, is actively debating introducing a new vaccine passport program despite the caseload being down 50% from its peak. In fact, MoCo just posted a one-month low in cases earlier this week. I'm going to pause for a second. We're seeing declines in Sick season, in flu season, cold season. We're seeing declines across the board. I hope everybody's taking vitamin D and zinc and all that fun stuff. And I hope that's, you know, people have gotten healthier maybe in this time. I hope that's what it is. It doesn't matter that this thing is fizzling in the winter in the United States. And we are we're behind Chechnya and Israel and the UK in terms of dropping mandates. Let it sink in. However, these woke U.S. uh, jurisdictions are clearly the exception and not the rule. Uh, The Czech Czech Republic is scrapping its recent plans to institute a vaccine passport requirement in Israel, a chorus of infectious disease experts who once supported the country's green pass, a vaccine passport no longer thinks it's a good idea. Quote, today, there is no relevance to the Green Pass. Professor Gill, um, I'm going to yuck Choi or whatever the heck his name is, told the Jewish News Syndicate at this time, it is, it is relevant since the Omicron variant infects both vaccinated and unvaccinated at a similar rate. Amazing. Uh, the professor of immunology from the bar University told Israeli publication Um, which reported that the Green Pass is about to be scrapped. Four makes a trend. Starbucks, the UK, Chechnya, and Israel are all running away from vaccine passports. This makes perfect sense. The primary rationale for a vaccine passport is that it keeps a place safe from COVID-19 spread. This is why schools require measles vaccines, for instance. It didn't do this in the beginning with the, I don't know what they're calling alpha. It didn't do it with Delta. It didn't do it with Omicron, but we're, we've waited this damn long. The government has waited this long. This is how slow and awful and terrible government is. And that's why when they enact things through non-constitutional means, such as executive orders and bullshit like that, Everybody should just absolutely not only ignore them, but throw it back in their face. Like, hey, listen, you don't have that power. We're not going to do this kind of stuff because we know from history, 
especially here in the United States, that if anything's brought up and enacted in the U.S., in in the government, it is extremely hard to kill. Extremely hard to kill. While the, oh yeah, here we go. While the vaccine, uh, well, the vaccines have proven effective at preventing hospitalization. Has it? Has it? Has it prevented hospitalization for blood clots and strokes and Bell's palsy and a whole host of other blood-borne diseases? Has it? I'm not even going to read the rest of that paragraph. It's bullshit. They have fallen short on their promise of stopping the spread. The Omicron variant has shredded the argument for vaccine mandates. A South African study has shown boosters don't prevent Omicron infection at all. The strongest argument for vaccine mandates or passports is they will make the workplaces for public accommodations safer by limiting the spread. No, they won't. Defenders of these requirements today are forced to run to a far weaker and more meandering argument one vaccines reduce hospitalizations now like i said i don't think that's true um if they actually kept up on vares maybe that would be verifiable but i'm telling you right now all the data that has been collected by hospitals is absolutely trash data and that is because it has been incentivized to lie about the amount of infections that it treats, the amount of infections that walk through its doors or die or their treatments for those infections. That data is absolutely trashed. When they are also incentivized not to report on vaccine casualties, which let's face it, that's what they are. You've got a compounding of trash data. And it's all being manipulated for the narrative of the state. And if you don't toe the line, you get silenced. Absolute fascism. Mandates and passports drive up vaccine uptake. Um, all right. Hospitalizations for COVID-19 impose costs on the hospital system that have externalities, such as overcrowding of some hospitals, leading to a loss of care for other patients and driving public spending on health care. Um, yeah. Yeah, you guys spend a lot on um, on healthcare that we didn't need to spend. And therefore, the government has a strong enough interest in increasing vaccine uptake to overcome the rights of privacy and self-determination. Oh, my God. Medical freedom. Deadly fucking diseases don't require 24-7 propaganda. They don't. They they never have. Psychological operations require 24-7 operation or 24-7 propaganda. Not deadly diseases. This is what this has been. 24-7, 365 propaganda for psyops. If there is a deadly goddamn disease out there, you know about it. Everybody knows about it because your neighbors are dropping dead. Your family's dropping dead. Like everybody's dropping dead. Can you imagine if actually something like Ebola was around and people were liquefying from the inside? Man, I don't think you'd have any trouble at all having people not go to work, staying home, possibly wearing NBC gear suits like nuclear biological chemical suits if they had to. You want to talk about absolutely destroying 
a country and an economy, like that's it, a real, real disease. However, even with all the bullshit that has been shoved down our throat and 24-7 propaganda psyop, this country, the people in it, have resisted it and are resilient enough to continue to make sure that the basic needs of life have been met for, I'd say, the overwhelming amount of people. I can't say that in other countries. I can't say that for a lot of places around the world. I mean, thank God for the guns in America. I mean, that's the only thing that has pushed this tyranny away. Just look at Australia. The last bit of this article says, yes, there's a logic there, but it's a double bank shot. Locking the unvaccinated out of museums may increase the odds the unvaccinated will get vaccinated. (laughs) Because they can't get into museums. Holy shit, they don't know us. And getting vaccinated decreases the odds you will get hospitalized. Like I said, I don't think that's true either, which in turn decreases the odds that the hospitals will be overwhelmed. You know what decreases the odds of hospitals being overwhelmed is not getting rid of the people who work in hospitals for not being vaccinated during a pandemic, which in the same fucking article you were talking about these people ditching The mandates because the vaccination didn't fucking work. God damn, these people are stupid as shit. I mean, to sit there and contradict yourself in your own goddamn article is just. These are the people that are held up in government and in public life. And I'm going to tell you right now. It is absurd. It's absurd. Like, I'm done. Like, I don't even know if I want to finish up. (sighs) I'm not. I'm I'm done with this guy's article. I can't. I can't in good faith finish it when he starts to end it like this. I mean, he. The last paragraph, the last sentence says more and more people are realizing the argument for vaccine passports and mandates is far weaker than it sounded last year. Yeah, well, I, I don't disagree. People are waking up to the bullshit and the uh, the psyop. Now, let's turn the page once again. Uh, this is the one-year anniversary of the Biden-Harris administration. Oh, man, it's going swimmingly. I mean, um, he cured cancer like he promised, right? Mm. Uh, the, the administration and the inflation rate is, you know, it, is way down. The value of the dollar just seems great. No, no, it doesn't. Everything's more expensive. Um, you know, we've got so much medical freedom. Mm, boy, no, uh, that seems bad. Hospitals are uh, underemployed. I don't think they're overrun. They are underemployed because they've kicked out the medical staff that refuse to get vaccines. And it's weird. Medical staff that didn't get vaccines. Why do you think they didn't get vaccines? Could it be because they're closest to the people that are getting vaccines, maybe seeing what happens in hospitals? Maybe they're the closest people to it. And if they have objections, maybe we should be listening to those people. Why do you have an objection? But no, no. Let's mandate 
that the unvaccinated people during a pandemic are, are, are told to go home. Don't ever come back. We don't need your services during a pandemic. Yeah. I can go on and on and on. Um, but luckily, the propagandists have brought out the big guns now. Uh, Tom Hanks looks like he's got a little Bell's palsy going on, possibly. Maybe that's why they're shooting him from his right side. And he looks old, man. He looks old. He sounds a little bit rough. Still sounds like, you know, Tom Hanks. But um, you're gonna, they put together this really, really ridiculous montage of, you know, just how amazing the Biden-Harris administration has been. Um, and, you know, taking credit, basically, for the resilience of the everyday American. And uh, I'm going to play a little of this for you now. There is always light if only we're brave enough to see it, if only we're brave enough to be it. If only we're brave enough, brave enough to live through two of the most difficult years many of us can remember. Brave enough. To- and why were they difficult years? Was it was it the the government's response or the 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 infection, the disease? We deal with it. We've dealt with infection and disease and death our entire lives. The the the, the entire human species has. What made the last two years different is the reaction of the government the banks and the fascist fucking corporations that decided to see if they couldn't handle this better than the individual, than the, the local business, the mom and pops, the, the people who run your local fast food places, the people that run your local stores, they thought they could do it better. And they fell on their face. But when government falls on its face while trying to, quote unquote, help people, the people are the ones who suffer. Pull ourselves up again and again. No, we pull it. Oh, God, this is going to be hard. I'll, I'll get through as much of this as I can, guys. We pull ourselves up despite government. We pull ourselves up. Again and again and again, because government keeps trying to knock us down. You keep putting bureaucracy and regulation and laws in the ways of peaceful people over and over and over and over again. And yet we find ways around you. And yet we find ways to thrive, ways to rebuild, ways to help our neighbor out of the goodness and charity of our heart. That's not you. You have no part in that whatsoever. America is the home of the brave. It's why we keep getting up. No matter how many times we get knocked down, like with our economy, it isn't all the way back, but it's getting stronger as we're creating. <laughs> The economy is getting stronger with a dollar that's being inflated into nothing. I mean, literally, I think we're like 98% of the, we're down 98% of the purchasing power. 
you know, our economy is really, it's, it's great. You look around the store shelves, you fucking idiot, Tom Hanks. The fact that you're going to sit here and try to sell the American people, this sack of bullshit, man. Like, I don't know who's buying it. I have no idea. It looks good. It sounds good. It's Tom Hanks, everybody. Being more jobs at a record rate. I've worked in transportation for the last 17 years. I'm looking forward to getting uh, some sense of normalcy to get back to where we were. And I'm very positive that we're on the right track. We may be entering year three of a pandemic none of us wanted or expected, but we're moving, growing, putting. Despite, despite the government, we are moving and growing despite you assholes. Um, now it's showing a lady who's getting a shot. The other guy, I don't know what he was doing. He's just walking his dog saying, oh, yeah, I think we're I think we're on the right track. I think, oh, man, yeah, feels good, doesn't it? Like nobody's stressed out. Nobody, nobody's really sure what's going to happen. You got a commander in chief or a president of the United States who looks like he's on death's door. His jackal, uh, Kamala Harris, who cackles at everything. She's not fit to lead a Girl Scout troop. She's the next one in line. And the fact that they're talking about re-election already. Oh, God, it's gross, man. Um, these people are out of their mind psychotic. They sit here and, and try to bullshit the American people with this fucking one year in. You're one of the Biden-Harris administration narrated by Tom Hanks. Oh, yeah, we're going we're gonna to have to pull out all the stops to sell this shit. Nobody like the only people you you're fooling at this point and great acting, very sincere. If the only people you're fooling right now are yourselves, the fact that you think anybody's going to believe this bullshit, man, the Democrats are flailing and I don't think they have an answer for 2022. I definitely don't think they have an answer for 2024. I mean, it's going to be bedlam for the Democrats after this. The science to work. I was the first person to get the vaccine, the first in the whole country. And now, how many people are vaccinated? Over 200 million, right? And the kids too. I am really. The kids too, they're vaccinated. Yay. They're all high fiving. It's all good times in, in the hospital. Like, can do attitudes. Oh, what a fucking fiction proud of us we put people first safety first all right when you put people first okay good you put safety first hmm the rights of the individual have to be first always 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 medical tyranny is not going to fly no whenever whenever you deprive a person of their individual rights to life liberty and property or coerce them out of them or force them out of them one way or another. You're not the good guy in history. And safety is a red flag word that says right here, we're about to fuck you out of your rights. We're doing it. That's what keeps me going, that I can feel the change. We've learned so much. We're better prepared now. Every day is another day behind us. And another step forward towards opportunity, prosperity. The opportunity cost. Days behind us, the wasted days, the wasted hours, and all that kind of stuff where they stopped people from living their lives. It is immeasurable. We will, you'll never, ever, ever know the cost 
the opportunity cost of the last two years of 2020, 2021, and already into 2022. We'll never know the cost of that. Crazy Tom Hanks. You know, op- there's a lot of opportunity. <laughs> Boy, feels like the, the land of opportunity, doesn't it? Old America, the land of opportunity. Um, you're going to hear some uh, guy talk about packages at UPS. And he's, I mean, literally, UPS looks like they helped sponsor this damn thing. Um, you've got, you know, some more people wandering around glad handing and all that kind of nonsense. Some lady feeding her sheep, talking about her bread and breakfast and how, you know, they're, they're back open and things are good. The thing is, is if it weren't for government, you would have never been closed. You would have never had to wait for people to come back. All right, let's get back into this nonsense. Than oil and gas. And every day, more and more jobs are brought back from abroad. Our hands, our ingenuity, our labor are making us stronger than we were a year ago today. It's exciting. Not the government. Leave everybody alone. That's that's all you have to do. That's all that's all anybody in power has to do is leave people alone. Go get an honest living where you actually create something instead of using force and coercion to take money from people who created something to do what you want to do with it times for the auto industry rebuilding our bridges our roads our transit systems we haven't had a president invest so much money into america since i don't know when hey dipshit first and foremost per the article one section seven of the constitution off the top of my head i'm pretty sure the purse belongs to the house of representatives the president doesn't invest money first of all the government doesn't even have a cent that it hasn't stolen through force and coercion. And the fact that it's going to do some nonsense, like invest it, is absolutely asinine. The president doesn't invest money into infrastructure. My roads, my roads, you know, like, come on, guys. This is the problem with government indoctrination. You get idiots. Lots and lots of idiots and the jobs that's what this administration has been doing step by step we are facing down the trial of a generation brick by brick we are doing the work that will lift us up for generations to come so let's start the rebuilding by talking to one another respecting one another finding what unites us i'm going to tell you what doesn't unite us trying to make people get shots and vaccinations and mandates talking to people and respecting each other doesn't mean a one-size-fits-all mandatory vaccine and mask for people god i mean i mean seriously yeah we respect you we yeah we respect you we're gonna two years after uh you've been saying that masks don't work and that uh vaccines don't work this kind of crap come on like now you're gonna say hey man let's let's be buddies let's be friends Get fucked, Tom Hanks. The rest of you people out there, I mean, you got, you're out of your damn mind. Not what pulls us apart. This infrastructure bill is huge. It's going to bring positive changes to every aspect of what we do. I'm proud of the way that we have dealt with these challenges. We have created something that's better, stronger for the next generation. From our toughest times, America has always built a brighter future. In these tough times, We'll build our brightest future yet. Yes, we are brave. Brave enough to see the light. 
and be the light we need to rebuild this country. We're strong. We are courageous. We are resilient. We are America. Land of the brave. We face... Notice how he didn't say free. Well, I guess he... Maybe the positive is he, he didn't lie about that. And then you're going to stand by and you're going to watch Joe Biden like give a stupid speech with his hands up near his face like Ricky goddamn Bobby. Holy shit. Where's the Tylenol? <laughs> I don't know, people. I'm coming up on an hour. Um, yeah, no, the, uh, the whole thing is, it just looks like this flaming piece of shit. I, I don't know dumpster fire um that you can see from space and you know the, the people that are kidding i mean i don't know who they are um nobody that has a damn ounce of sense or pays any attention could sit here and possibly think over the last year this guy has done a good job at being the executive of the united states or uh the vice uh executive of the United States, right? Like these two blundering fucking Muppets have caused more derision, more hate. Um, and you know, honestly, maybe the best thing out of the entire thing is more distrust in an illegitimate government and its institutions. Like that's, that might be the silver lining in all of this. You got to find the positives, people. I'm telling you right now, got to find the positives. Um, distrust in an illegitimate government and its fucking institutions is, is definitely the best thing that Biden and his administration and this government has done for the American people and show it what a crock of shit it is and that we absolutely don't fucking need it. So, hey. Peaceful dissolution, uh, you know, absolute secession down to the individual, man. Like, I'm in. I think most people are in down to the state. So maybe let's we'll focus. We'll we'll get rid of D.C. We'll go back to being states um, and we'll get a lot freer as we focus on our local sheriffs and mayors and things like that. Um, but that's going to do it for this show. Uh, I might try to get one more out this week. I think I owe you guys at least one show right now and uh, appreciate all your patience. But uh, thanks for listening to me. Treat each other um, as good as you can. I mean, especially the people that are closest to you. Uh, keep fighting like hell. I see you guys out there. We are in a great time to make liberty, uh, you know, like to plant those liberty seeds to get people to change. And I think that's an amazing place to be and an amazing time to live. Uh, does it come with a little stress? It does. But if you treat people with respect around you, treat them with love and, um, you look for the the silver linings and you're optimistic about tomorrow and the changes that are coming. I think we're going to be all right. And it's not because of these clowns. It's because of what's inside your hearts and your heads and things like that, man. I don't know. But uh, until next time, I love you. I need you. Peace. Um, don't hurt people and don't take your steps.